0: Hello, beautiful people. I am back. I'm Haley. I'm your guide to love. This podcast is all about holistic health, sacred sexuality, and spirituality. I have Taylor Clark Johnson here. He's a male sex coach. Welcome.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. It's awesome to be here with you.
0: Yes, I'm so excited to talk with you because we are both similar mission, helping people have healthier relationships. So go into more about what you're doing.
1: Yeah. So, what am I doing? What am I doing? Well, I'm really excited to be here with you today to to talk about sex, yes, um, but also talk about practical sacred sexuality and practical tantra. Like, what does sacred sexuality look in the context of the modern world, where we're, you know, where most of us have jobs, some of us have families. You know, how do we integrate this stuff? into our lives in a meaningful way that's accessible and real and actually has impact without spending hours and hours like visualizing light shooting out of our, you know, 12th chakras and (laughs) stuff like
0: that. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So what is the major problem that men come to you for?
1: A major problem that men come to me for, you know, there, there are multiple, there are multiple of them. Obviously there's, you know, there's the premature ejaculation piece, which is something I struggled with a lot when I was younger. And I spent years trying to figure out and studied all sorts of tantric and Taoist practices to to overcome that issue. So that's a big one, definitely. Also, a lot of guys come to me when they're feeling just sexually disempowered, or they have low sexual confidence, or they're not, not sure how to initiate things with their partner. They're not sure how to navigate the sexual experience well and and cultivate polarity in their dynamics cultivate that charge you know and some guys come to me too when they just they're they're feeling some shame and confusion around their sex life too you know and that's that's real i think we as men in this society we get a lot of programming that says you should have things figured out you know you should know exactly what you want all the time you don't ask for help you know do it on your own be the lone wolf sort of thing and truth is we actually need to talk to each other, you know, especially guys, brothers, men, we need to be talking to each other about this stuff.
0: Mm. Yeah. I think men need brotherhood just as much as women need sisterhood.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. And I also think that, okay. So when you were saying men come to you for maybe they're lacking low sexual confidence or not having, what is that just in terms of they let the daily stresses get them? so they. That affects them sexually.
1: There's so many different reasons. There's probably about three thousand
0: <laughs> different <laughs> yeah, reasons really.
1: why somebody might feel that way. You know, like I can give you one example of a reason some some guy might feel that way. It's also how I ended up feeling this way, which was being addicted to porn years ago. You know, and like there's something incredibly alluring about being able to open your computer or your phone and click to any video and see literally anything you want to see and then have that image switch every five seconds to a new scene, switch to a new video, new people, you know, bam, bam, bam. It's incredibly stimulating and incredibly arousing. And the negative impact that that had on my life was substantial. And I didn't even realize it at the time, but it was negatively impacting my My romantic relationship with my girlfriend at the time girlfriends you know over years (laughs) this impacted my life and it it put me in a state of passivity you know and being responsive versus being proactive in the world and the you know if you want to use the term energetic like the energetic impact of that on my life carried over into more than just my sex life it put me into a state of more passivity with my work with my friendships with my family And it just sort of dulled everything and and muted my life, you know.
0: Mm. Interestingly,
1: it also like watching porn regularly gave me erectile dysfunction because then it was impossible to be turned on by one woman who wasn't changing to another woman in ten seconds, you know. It's just like, yeah, it's a trip.
0: Wow, who would have thought it would have caused so many problems? (laughs) Wow, (laughs) I can't
1: tell if that's sarcasm or not. (laughs) think it's sarcasm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. Listen, I've I've talked to so many guys about this issue too. And I think that it's like, I don't know. I mean, obviously there's some new problems with it because it isn't natural to see that many people within 10 seconds. Right. Um, And so do you think that, do you think most men are addicted to porn or is that just kind of the assumption?
1: I think that assuming I think assuming things around sex in general is just a dangerous framework to mm-hmm. to set. Um, I would say that the potential for addictive behavior with porn is there for for most, like definitely for men, probably also for some women too. But you know, men we are much more visually wired, generally speaking, than than women are, and so our brains are more susceptible to that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, and so for the guys that come to you and they're struggling with porn, how do you help them with that?
1: Mm, I say don't watch porn. (laughs) Joke. That's a joke. It's so much more in-depth than that, you know?
0: You're like, cut it out completely.
1: (laughs) No, I mean, it's, you know we we have this illusion in our society that our sexuality lives in a little isolated box in our mm, genitals. Yeah,
0: yeah, and, yes.
1: And it doesn't, you know. Where mm. our entire body is a sex organ. Our brain is a sex organ, you know. So it's like I'm really about a holistic full body approach to rewiring and reprogramming the sexual response system. And so there's not there's not a one size fits all answer for this sort of thing. Like for some guys Going into the nofap uh, scene is a really good option, and nofap is this—it's an online community of people who are basically just taking a break from sexuality and saying, "No, I'm not going to masturbate. I'm not going to look at porn. I'm not going to have sex or anything for a certain amount of time." And I think that's really healthy for a lot of guys. And I, I think it's a healthy phase. I don't think it's necessarily a healthy long-term lifestyle, but a, a really good phase to to go through. If you know, if you have problematic behaviors associated with sex and porn, which is most guys, in my opinion, most of my friends and myself definitely have had that from growing up in this society, you know, and then maybe after you go through a period of 30 days or 60 days or, you know, two months of no fap or whatever, then this is where I like to bring guys into this, um, into some of the more tantric and Taoist practices, modernized tantric and Taoist practices which are basically saying, yes, like embrace your sexuality fully, masturbate, self-pleasure, have sex, just do it with intention. And by the way, when you do this, your sex, the sex you have is going to become 20 times better. And it's just going to, yeah, it's going to feel amazing. And you're not going to have to just, you know, sit there and meditate and do all the things you think new age people do.
0: (laughs) It's actually really
1: practical, you know?
0: No, I love that you do that. Yes. Because yeah, sometimes I feel like no one does I mean, there yes, there are pockets of people that do that, but most people want to exist in the modern world and they just have a healthier, more fulfilling sex life.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then and I would, you
0: I'm sorry, what were you saying?
1: Well, and I would say I have a predisposition and a personal interest in in meditative practices too. And I think that the overlap between those is huge, you know. It's huge for sure. And and when you start diving into sexuality, and presence, which is ultimately the thing that is most attractive to most people, it's presence, like how are you showing up in any given moment, all the things that are talked about in in spirituality just come up to the top anyway. It's, it seems like a natural progression of what tends to happen. And it can be scary for some people. And it can also just be incredibly amazing and pleasurable and fun and connective and all that stuff too.
0: Mm. Yeah, definitely. Because I think that you know, part of the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing is I was on an antidepressant and birth control and couldn't have an orgasm. Mm. And so I was in that category the percentage of women that thought I was like broken because I couldn't have one, you know, and this is back in 2017. And so I think that people like you and I are so needed in our society to tell people there's nothing wrong with them. So for the people listening, then maybe the guy is struggling with porn or maybe he's struggling with some sort of erectile dysfunction. There's thousands of men like them.
1: Yeah millions.
0: Millions. Yeah.
1: <laughs> millions, you're definitely not alone. I struggled with this. I talk to guys regularly who struggle with this stuff too and it's 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 real. It's and it's normal, you know? Normal in today's society. Absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. And then do you think nofap like are you a big fan of that?
1: So <laughs> So I haven't personally done a a complete sex fast. Um, I, I prefer a practice called semen retention, um, uh, but I do see no being really valuable for some people. Um, and just, you know, like setting aside sexuality for a while to focus on other things that are more important to them. And ideally with the intention to bring sexuality back in, you know, because if we don't do that in an intentional way, chances are, we're going to come back into it with all of our unhealthy patterns that we've just put to the side for a while, you know? It's like if you do a diet without intentional integration practices, like most likely all the, all the habits are going to come back, you know? So personally, I like the practice of, of semen retention, which is, seems to me like a stepping stone after nofab, which is basically saying, hey, actually, I'm going to separate this idea in my brain that sex and pleasure is synonymous with ejaculation and realize that I can actually have non-ejaculatory orgasms and those can feel a hundred times better you know than an ejaculatory orgasm and they can happen over and over again and they don't have to mean the end of sex and they you know they don't have to mean a refractory period they don't have to mean you go into the crash afterwards you know
0: Mm, yes and i love learning about those and talking about them because i think that when men hear that or they are like oh my god where have i been Like, is that how they act about it?
1: Uh, That's how I acted about it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, really. It's exciting for me.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, for, you know, for years, like most guys who are interested in this kind of stuff, they come across one of two books at first. You know, there's David Dita's The Way of the Superior Man, Mm -hmm. which is super popular. And then there's also The Multi-Orgasmic Man, which is by Montauk Chia. And (laughs) I have that book right here next to me. Um, It's, you know, that book is... The title of that book is super alluring (laughs) and attractive for obvious reasons. And I found that book actually to be really dry, honestly, and hard to read. And it feels very technical, like an engineering manual or something like that. And I didn't make it through, I don't even think a quarter of the book, you know, and I got, I got benefits from it, but, but it felt, yeah, way too heady for me and not, there wasn't enough embodiment practice in the book and So it took. Which book
0: was that? That was in. This is the
1: multi-orgasmic man by mm Montak Chia. Like, there's a ton of good stuff in there, and it's like, as men, we are. It's so easy for us to get up in our heads about this stuff and to overthink and overanalyze it, versus actually do the embodied practices that are necessary to get the results that we actually want. You know, Mm -hmm. you can't think your way to having these experiences. It takes practice. It takes physical practice in your body.
0: Yes, I totally agree with that. It was the same thing with women getting too in their head about like I've had women tell me you're so focused on having an orgasm, obviously you're not going to have one. Yeah, <laughs> like,
1: yeah, yeah. That's the great irony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a great irony of this, especially, especially for the non ejaculatory orgasmic type experiences, you know, and for for women too, like especially those the larger. Um, oftentimes cervical type orgasms that tend to blossom and crash like ocean waves over and over and over again without without the fall off that sometimes is associated with clitoral orgasms
0: mm-hmm. for some people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so go into, if a man wants to learn more about those type of orgasms, what would you say?
1: <laughs> Take my course.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I mean, there's, you know, the internet is, is full of a lot of stuff around this. There's a lot of resources out there. I mean, I do actually have a course specifically mm-hmm. about this. Yeah. And I, didn't, I didn't want to turn this podcast into a sales pitch, but it's a great opportunity. And a lot of guys have gone through it and had great results. And there are other courses out there too. Uh, if you just Google like multiple orgasms for men, you're going to get a slew of YouTube videos and articles about this. And it's a good way to just start priming your brain to recognize that there is actually something else that's possible. You know, there is another paradigm of sex that's possible and porn doesn't talk about it. Society doesn't talk about it. Most people don't talk about it because most people don't even know that it exists. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you from personal experience that it's so much better than the typical uh, programmed sex that we've been experiencing. If you've never taken a good look at your sex life, you know, it's like we're running patterns and it's, it's amazing to interrupt those and change things up.
0: Mm. Yeah. Cause it seems like at least this is what I've noticed from doing this work. People get stuck doing the same, what, two, two positions. Maybe she'll have an orgasm. Maybe she won't, he'll have his normal type of regular orgasm he has mm-hmm. and that's it. And then they just do the same thing over and over again.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it's, it's, it's orgasmically focused, orgasmically centered sex, mm-hmm. which is the, and again, I don't want to shame this. Like this is, this is what I did for the vast majority of my sex life, you know, before I realized something else was possible. And mm-hmm. I still love those kinds of orgasms. I still love ejaculating. I still love, you know, clitoral orgasms with my partners. It's just like expand the repertoire, you know, get a bigger toolbox. Don't just put more tools in the box, but get a bigger box, you know, <laughs> to, mm-hmm. put all of this, to put all of this stuff in.
0: Yes, I so agree with you about that. And I want to bring up something I was saying before we started recording about that woman who she was having sex with her partner and he like she was saying some of the things that he was doing she didn't like mm-hmm. and it seemed like they were not connecting and not communicating mm-hmm. and then they ended up breaking up because she was like he wasn't receptive to what i was saying and she was like i'm not just gonna go along with sex that doesn't feel right
1: yeah and i've
0: had three women tell me this in the past two weeks so what would you say about this
1: I'd say good job. Like, hell yeah. Nice decision. Like if you're in mm-hmm. partnership with anybody, man, woman, and they're not receptive to your desires, like definitely,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I, like don't continue the relationship or commit and get commitment from them to make a major change, you know, but mm-hmm. definitely don't continue something that doesn't feel good. That's a, that's a recipe for disaster and it's a recipe for an unfulfilled life too. You know? mm-hmm. So I'd say like, That feels good to hear. Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) And, and if you are in partnership and you, you know, and you don't want to split up necessarily, like their communication is huge. It's incredibly important. And there are ways to communicate with your partner to, to say like, Hey, I noticed like during sex, there are some things that I would really enjoy. And I'm wondering if you're open to having a conversation about that, you know, first just ask like, Hey, I'd love to talk about sex. Are you open to that? It's sort of like getting the key in the door, you know, and generally most people are going to be into that. And if they're not, maybe that's, you know, reconsider your relationship. <laughs> and, and, and then from there, you know, say like, Hey, there, so there's this thing that I would really like to try with you. Are you open to trying this and, and explain it, you know, and, and, and you can always lead with like, Hey, so I'd like to do this with you because I want more connection with you or because I value our relationship or because I want to go deeper with you. You know, it's going to, the conversation is going to end up quite differently. If you start with like, you're doing this thing that I don't like, you know, and I'm sure even just with you hearing me say that right off the bat, like you can feel a difference, you know, it's substantial. So there's some tact that's involved, like conversational, uh, romantic judo or whatever you want to call it. Like, leading with the desire for connection versus leading with something is wrong. It's it's a huge, it's a huge piece of the mm, conversation.
0: Okay. Piece. Okay. I, okay. You're right. You're right. I so agree with you. Okay. So maybe this is why is because a lot of women are saying, no, 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 you're doing this wrong. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, Hey, I would prefer, why don't we try?
1: Totally. Mm. Yeah. I mean, and this is like, Gender dynamics aside, like when anyone comes to somebody and says you're doing this wrong, that's not fun. Uh, I mean, (laughs) you know, I mean, sometimes it's in some contexts it's necessary, like, ouch, that hurts. Absolutely. Uh But but it's going to have a totally different impact in saying, hey, are you open to trying this thing? You know, would you try this thing with me? Because I think it'll feel really good. Like lead with your desires. Like what is it that you actually want to experience? And can you be authentically excited about it when you ask, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I feel like if you keep leading with what you're doing wrong or what this person's doing wrong, it's just going to keep causing fights. Yeah, it could. Mm-hmm. It,
1: it probably will. Yeah,
0: definitely. <laughs> probably will. Okay. So for so the j- man, what were you going to say?
1: Well, I was going to ask if you had a specific example you know, to share? Because those are really helpful for some people.
0: Oh, um, okay. Well, I'll, I'll say a personal one. Sure. I remember, okay, so now looking back when I was really struggling to have an orgasm a few years ago, mm-hmm. and I rem- this is one of the reasons why I'm so into what I'm doing and empowering women to learn their own bodies, take their power back in that way, because I think that it is so, it's such a disservice to them and their partner to say, well, oh, I'm not having an orgasm, it's your fault. You're not giving me my orgasm. When really it's the woman's job to learn her body to then you know, and not being so focused on the orgasm, it's the whole journey, Mm -hmm. the whole process, you know? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that like that specific example in terms of like me getting mad at him because he wasn't giving it to me and then him staring (laughs) at me like, oh, and then us just like walking away. (laughs) So Yeah.
1: Yeah. That nice. That's <laughs> that's a great example. Yeah, because I mean to you know with the potential risk of jealousy and there like you could put a man in the same scenario with like five different women and he could do the exact same thing and maybe two of them would have orgasms and have a beautiful experience and three of them would have a horrible experience, you know. So it's okay. it's you it's not just and you know this, I mean obviously, but it's like it's fruitful to say it too. Like we're not just machines, you know.
0: Mm. Yeah. I told a woman this the other day, like you can't orgasm on command. And I think our society is so obsessed with, I don't know where this came from, but being so obsessed with the end of it Mm -hmm. and not enjoying the journey of it. Because then it makes you realize, or at least for me, when I remember going through all that, then I didn't want to do it because Mm -hmm. I stopped enjoying the process and there was so much pressure around did I, or didn't I, and him Mm -hmm. being like, that I was like, I don't want to do it. I'm done.
1: Yeah. I mean, I have some theories about this.
0: What do you think?
1: <laughs> I think, I think our, I mean, our entire society um, encourages instant gratification. Mm. Everything about our society encourages encourages instant gratification, like chips at the store, soda, donuts, like candy. You know, um, movies. When they talk about sex, it's like it doesn't show this romantic you know, longer term sexual experience buildup. It's like there's, when a sex scene comes on, as the clothes start coming off, the music, you know, increases, there's a crescendo of passion. And then they reach the pinnacle moment, you know, the, the point of everything, and they have an orgasm and then the scene ends, you know? And so we're programmed with that over and over and over in TV shows and movies and advertisements in articles. It's like, did you come? Did she come? All right. It was a success, you know? and, and, I don't think people are out there intentionally trying to destroy our sex lives, (laughs) but this is like, all this stuff, in my opinion, has a negative impact, you know? And so I want to say like the magic of what can happen when instead of orgasm being the goal, but pleasure is the goal, like that magic is, is, it's amazing. And for all bodies, for men, for women, if you have a penis, if you have a vagina, like it just expands the possibility expands the repertoire of what you can experience and the amount of pleasure that you can experience in that space just skyrockets too, you know, then you, then you start to realize like, Hey, actually orgasm isn't like sexual pleasure. Isn't only orgasm, you know, sexual pleasure is a range of stuff that can happen in the sexual context. And it's very liberating and it takes a lot of pressure off too, when you start to feel that way. And then if you start to be okay, with not even having a peak orgasm during a sexual experience. Like, that's beautiful too because then you can take that energy with you, like whatever you've experienced with your partner or yourself and then go on and do something else. And this is this is one of the fundamental tenets of Tantra and Taoist sexuality. It's like, how do you take this energy, this experience that you've had and integrate it into the rest of your life so that it empowers you and it charges up your life? And maybe you take that into your business or your work and make more money or maybe you take that into a meeting and have a successful negotiation or maybe you take that to the gym or whatever you do you know it's how do you imbibe your life with this with this experience and this energy
0: Mm. i love how you say that though because i do think that it's almost like you know women get addicted too to the queer orgasms there's like both sexes when you take that away and you enjoy the journey and the process and how you said pleasure is the goal Mm -hmm. it makes it a better experience and no yeah. pressure.
1: <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. And then <sighs> a key to all this is breath, breathing deeply, breathing deeply, breathing deeply, breathing deeply. All this other stuff, all these other techniques that people talk about, it's almost like they don't even matter if you're not breathing deeply to start mm-hmm. with. Like that's, that's one of the first things I have guys do that I work with is start a deep breathing practice. And not just while you're sitting down, but while you're in the grocery store, while you're driving your car, while you're walking into work, like just take a deep breath <sighs> and notice the impact that it has on your system. It's substantial. Mm. And this will carry through into your sexual experiences too.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I, uh, we don't breathe, <laughs> you know, like just doing that, it made me realize like, whoa. Um, so it's we go throughout our day and then not really being in our bodies. Mm-hmm. So it's great to have that reminder of breath.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And it makes you more present too.
1: Yeah, it does. And people feel that. And and again, like to go back to the tantric and Taoist sexuality things, yes, there's a lot of focus on sex in those systems and those and those frames of thought. And also They don't see sex as isolated in this little box. They see your sexual energy as this powerful force that runs through your whole body and that you are a sexual being. And so, excuse me. So when you take a deep breath before you go into your work meeting and you take a pause and you stand up more straight and you have your shoulders back and you enter into this room with a smile, people are going to feel that, you know, people are going to feel your radiance. People are going to feel that charge and that power. And immediately without saying anything, you're going to have more attention and you're going to have more bandwidth and you're going to have more, you're just going to have more to offer just by existing, you know, simply just by existing and standing in presence.
0: Mm, Yes, definitely. Okay. So for people that want to go deeper in sexuality and spirituality, just grow and really just improve their relationships, what would you say?
1: <laughs> oh, What would I say to that? Um, I would say, first of all, that's awesome and exciting. And I'm so happy and stoked that you exist on this planet because I think more people need to be doing this. Mm-hmm. And for, you know, for men who want to dive into semen retention or learn how to have these multiple non-ejaculatory orgasms, I have two courses on this and a bunch of guys that have gone through it and I've been taking quantitative actual statistical data of people going through these courses and I just did an analysis of it yesterday. Mm It's pretty cool to see actual measurable success for these men. Fucking awesome. Honestly, like I wasn't sure (laughs) I had a hunch and I was, I was getting all these, you know, firsthand responses of people saying, wow, this is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. And then, but to actually see it laid out in numbers, it, um, yeah, it lights up a part of my happiness and a part of my brain that that has studied statistics and research methods. And it's like, yeah, I want to be able to prove that this stuff works, you know? Mm, and, I
0: love that you're doing that. That's so amazing.
1: Yeah. And if, you know, and if you're not ready or you're not in a position to buy a course yet, there's a lot of great books out there. You know, I recommend The Way of the Superior Man by David Dita to almost everybody, including women, because it can mm-hmm. be a really illuminating book to read to understand you know some of the things that make men tick and and i think this book you know this book has there's a lot of charge around it and i think there's a lot of misunderstanding too from people who haven't necessarily read the book but just who hear the title you know you think oh the superior man like what the you know what is that about but really what he's talking about is being the superior version of yourself like being the best human that you can possibly be showing up with as much love and as much integrity and as much presence as you can in your life, in your relationship. And it's, yeah, it's, it's beautiful.
0: Mm, I love that. I'm really glad that you made that uh, point because yeah, you're right. I'm sure I've never read the book. I've heard so much about it. so I do need to read it, but I'm glad that you said that point though, because people could be like, Ew.
1: yeah, absolutely. And I thought, you know, that happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when yeah. you start diving into the realm of sexuality and and anything that involves spirituality, I mean you're diving into two of the most emotionally charged realms of humanity and like what mm-hmm. it means to be a human on this planet. So, like, yeah, we all have our stuff, we all have our patterns, we all have things that trigger us, and that's going to be different for everybody. And that's, right. you know, that's worth mentioning and acknowledging too. And, and when you start to dive into some of these practices, when you start diving into deeper presence and, and really evaluating and looking at your sexuality, it's probable that stuff might come up, you know, emotions might come up. You might get triggered. You might have amazing moments of ecstasy and joy, and then you might burst into tears and not understand why, you know, and that's normal. That's normal.
0: Mm, yes, definitely. I mean, I've been on the journey since 2017. So yeah, it's been a totally different person.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I believe it. I bet.
0: How long have you been doing this?
1: Mm, well i 'm not entirely sure how to answer that question because it depends on like what what the this means mm, in that mm-hmm. sentence like i 've been really into um, into sexuality and spirituality uh, for years. I mean, I struggled with premature ejaculation in my early twenties and I started doing a lot of research around it then just to be able to have good sex, uh, but it wasn 't until my Uh, late 20s and maybe early 30s when I really started to dive super deeply into this stuff Um, and I'm 34 now I turned 35 in a few weeks and yeah I'd say within the last couple years I've really started putting this out to the world and and wanting to share uh, wanting to share like wow, you know this stuff is magical it's amazing and it's for everybody it's not just for people who want to go to retreats uh, for men with long hair, with bracelets and necklaces, you know, in Costa Rica, it's like some of my clients are CEOs of big companies, you know, and some of the people in my courses like are, are bankers and, and people who you would never think fit, you know, would fit the stereotypical idea of somebody who's interested in this stuff. But, but people are starting to realize that this stuff is actually really valuable, you know, and, and it's, it, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's amazing yeah. stuff. And I'm just, I'm really excited about it across the board.
0: Oh, no, I love that. Okay, so where can everybody find you?
1: You can find me at my website, www.taylorjohnson.life. I'm also on Instagram, at taylorclarkjohnson. Johnson. i got a YouTube channel, too. You can just look up my name, and, and they can find me on your podcast now.
0: <laughs> Yay, definitely. Yes, I'll be launching this in June. Nice. And I'll definitely put your links below. I I loved. I mentioned this the other day on Instagram. I loved your YouTube channel, so it's great. Mm,
1: yeah, thank you. Yeah, cool. thanks for having me here. It's of awesome course. to talk with you about this stuff. I love it.
0: Yes, thank you so much for joining me. We'll definitely have to do this again. Everybody, be sure to like, su- subscribe, share to the podcast. Um, DM either of us. Let us know what you thought about this because I love mm-hmm. having a male point of view and talking about these topics. This is great.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thanks. Bye.